The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing page optimization expert Tim Ash is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Welcome back, listeners. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And today I'm continuing my conversation with Conversion Thought Leaders. I'm having uh, Charles Nichols back for the second time on our show. Uh, Charles is the founder and chief strategy officer of CY.com, and that's spelled S-E-E-W-H-Y, because I'm sure you're often asked that. Welcome to the show, Charles. Thanks very much, Tim. It's great to be here. And as some of you listeners may have astutely picked up, uh, Charles is from the other side of the pond, as we like to say here, or as I think Mark Twain famously put it, uh, two countries separated by a common language. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Well, well, Charles, uh, tell us a little bit about CY so our listeners understand kind of how you fit into the conversion ecosystem, if you will. Sure. I mean, I I look at conversion as being two sides of the same coin. Uh, On the one hand, you clearly need to make the the path as smooth as possible and the experience as as wonderful and exciting as possible so that people can navigate their way through uh, an e-commerce site or or, um, uh, a lead gen site and, uh, and convert. But of course, not all of them convert. And in fact, the majority don't convert. So the other side of the coin is, well, what happens when they don't buy or they don't convert? What can you do about it? And that's really the, uh, the essence of what CY is. CY will uh, retarget them using uh, retargeted advertising or uh, email um, to bring them back onto the site and, uh, and get them to purchase. Okay. As- so you know, so you've said that there's the converters and non-converters, or as I like to put it, there's the yeses, nos, and maybes. Uh, there's some people that'll never buy from you; might be just uh, tire kicking or or looking at the competition. There are those that will walk on broken glass to get there, and then there's the kind of in-between group, or the maybes, uh, whom you can try to influence. Uh, so uh, I guess what you do kind of falls into that category. Oh, very much so, because only a tiny percentage of um, visit, the first-time visitors will buy on their first visit to a site. Um, we did a study last year, and, and you can measure that, and it's, it's about 0.25 of 1%. It's so small. So in most cases, it's going to take a sequence of visits before somebody converts. Uh, as soon as they come back, then your chances of getting a conversion go up ninefold, um, simply because wow. they've been there before, it's more familiar, all that stuff. And obviously that changes when you start looking at um, higher order values. As soon as the order value goes up, and $100 is a critical threshold, everything changes when you get $100, right? Um, but when you get $100, then, uh, then, then they are going to take much longer um, to, uh, to, to make, that, uh, make that commitment. Okay, so if you're buy, selling kind of con, consumer goods and impulse buys and things in the twenty, thirty, forty dollar range, you know, I don't really. How much time are you going to spend 
comparison shopping. In, the, in other words, that's the whole premise of 7-Eleven stores in the U.S. here. They're everywhere, and you're, what you're paying for is the convenience. Even though the box of Tic Tacs might cost you 50 cents more, you're not going to drive two miles down the road and spend that in gas to price shop it elsewhere, right? Right. I mean, of course, it's one of the reasons why minimum order free shipping can work so well, because when people reach that critical threshold, the point at which all of a sudden they're going to have to think about it, which is because the number's got three digits. It's gone from 99 to 100. As soon as you go to 100, then I've got to think about that much more. Um, mm-hmm, if, mm-hmm. if your minimum order free shipping kicks in and keeps people below that, that psychological barrier, then that can work extremely effectively at, at driving people you know, into the conversion. And also, they feel like they're getting a deal. And uh, increasingly, people feel like they need to get a deal in order to justify the purchase. So, so really, um, the, the shipping, if you can put a dollar value on it, so the, the idea would be if you're getting close to a shipping threshold, let me just kind of explore this a little bit. Let's say you have $40 in the cart and we want to get you to 50 and we say you know, $10 in free, or sorry, $20 in free shipping if you buy $10 worth of more stuff or something like that. Is that the, kind of the, the math that you want them doing or do you want them doing math at all? I, I actually don't want them doing math at all. Um, back to the whole sort of, you know, don't make me think philosophy. There's a fascinating study which was done a while ago where um, consumers were offered either $10 off or free shipping, which was worth six ninety nine. And mm-hmm. astonishingly, the majority go for free shipping. They don't go for the $10 off. Because, <laughs> well, I mean, you, you'll understand this, Tim. That, that, that word free is just magic. It just, you know, it pulls the eyes in in a way that, you know, it's just incredible. And, of course, if you go to the other end, if you sort of offered them 10% uh, and it's a $100 car versus $10 off versus free shipping, more people go for the $10 off than the 10% and more people go for the free shipping than we go for the $10 off, even though it's the lowest value of them. And that's because 10% you're forcing people to think they're having to work at it. To do the math, yeah. So, I mean, when, you know, when usability, I've, I've talked about this often. We talk about three different kinds of loads on people. Visual load and whether they're distractions or stuff's easily discoverable on the page. Motor load or having to interact with the site by moving your mouse or typing. And, but the highest price you pay and the most expensive is cognitive load or, as you say, having to think about something. So um, I guess we, none of us like to do percentages even back in school, so making us think about that when we're sitting in front of a web browser is not the best idea in the world. Well, it's really not that hard, but it's astonishing because a huge number of promotions, simply because they're easy to do in e-commerce, um, you know, rely on a percentage savings. Yet if you give somebody 15% and it's of a, um, you know, it's of a 57 98 order value, mm-hmm. what, it, what is that worth? I mean, that's hard, right? Right, right. I think it's 6 or $7. Oh, there you go, you see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but, yeah, but you, you, you majored in math. You're not, you're not, um, you're not well, a normal consumer. Well, yeah, group. well, uh, as, according to my wife, I'm not normal at all, so uh, I guess let's <laughs> just leave it at, at that. Uh, okay, so, uh, so, so, so just, but that's an important observation. So you're going to have kind of a um, magic word offer something involving free, especially shipping in the case of e-commerce, uh, fixed dollar amount and percentage off. That's, that's kind of the hierarchy in terms of what their value is. So next time, folks, when you're thinking about your offer, uh, follow those rules. Okay, but uh, so free shipping, like you say, is, has been found to be one of the reasons that people definitely buy. So let's talk about 
the reasons that people don't buy. Um, we'll come back after this break and, and, and we'll explore that a little bit more. Uh, this is your host, Tim Ash with LPO, Landing Page Optimization. More LPO, Landing Page Optimization in just a moment. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. How much time do you spend on SEO research and competitor analysis? What if we told you that there was an easier, faster way? Searchmetrics SEO software propels you to top positions on search engines around the world with our unique global search, social, and competitive data in over 60 countries. Gain a competitive advantage today with Searchmetrics.com. That's Searchmetrics.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrand. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Warning. Listening to WebmasterRadio.fm daily may cause Webmaster insomnia and an increase in your company's profits. WebmasterRadio.fm. Stay up with us all night long. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Now, Charles, before the break, we were talking about uh, this notion of you know, kind of why people buy and the and the magic power of free shipping for specifically. Uh, now I know you you have access to a lot of research. You guys have probably conducted some of your own as well. Why don't people buy in an e-commerce setting? What are the most kind of? Can you tick off the top three or five uh, reasons? Yeah, sure. I mean, in fact, I'm a little bit of a, a data geek. I um, I spend a lot of my time analyzing data, really, to try and understand that very question, which is why people don't buy. Um, if you if you look at it, and there's quite a lot of research in this area, including some that that we've done ourselves, then you can conclude that the number one reason why people start a, a, um, a an online uh, purchase and don't complete it. Number one is the cost of shipping and handling is too high. Um, number two is I'm not yet ready to buy the product. And in essence, the top five you can boil down into either a price objection or it's a timing objection. 
So really, you've got to think about it. How can we address the price objection? How can we address the timing objection? If they're not yet ready to buy, that probably indicates they're going to you know, want to think about it, come back to the site at a later date. And, uh, and obviously, the price one, shipping and handling is the most obvious area that you can help them with. In fact, shipping and handling is the number one requested promotion, um, followed by free, free returns. Uh, and it's a, it's a big emotional stumbling block for many customers because they don't understand why they should have to pay shipping at all. After all, they go, if they can go down to the, to the store and pick it up, you know, the retailer or the brand has had to ship the goods to the store. Why couldn't right. they ship them to the house? It's exactly the same. It's the same thing, isn't it? Where's the, you know, what's the big deal? Uh, well, uh, except in one case, they bring them in giant container trucks. In the other case, someone had to put it in a box and put a label on it and take it to the <laughs> post office. It's a bit more labor involved. Uh, but you know what I, what I don't like is, but I think people feel like they're getting, I think part of the reason, at least in the U.S., is people feel they're getting screwed on shipping. The only comparable they most of us have is on those, you know, kind of TV infomercial offers. It's like, oh, get a second one free. Just pay extra shipping and handling, which happens to be $9.99. I mean, they're, they're really pushing it. And it's, and it's you know, it's a $1.50 thing. They're going to drop it in the mail to go, uh, you know, by, by long-term, I don't know, air freight, I mean, ground freight or something. But they, they really try to screw you on that shipping and they think of it as a cost uh, or a profit center. Yeah, well, they're, they're probably right. Certainly some people do do that, although that's not, not what we'd recommend. We recommend actually screwing your shipping costs down as low as you possibly can go. But. Right. Well, so if you're going to – so are you better off uh, saying free shipping and, and then just essentially building that into a slightly higher price or having a lower price and, and inexpensive free shipping on top of it? Well, I mean, obviously, it depends upon the business and the margins of the business. And where you've got a low margin business, then this is, this is a, really, a really tough one to crack. Um, what we would normally recommend is a good compromise. I mean, obviously, what the customer wants is they want free shipping site-wide all the time. So right. that's, that's the first point. If you can do that, fantastic. You've got high margin goods. Maybe you're a brand owner and you've got high order value. That makes a lot of sense. If you can't do that, then the next best thing to do is minimum order free shipping. So, you know, calculate your break-even point, at which point you can offer free shipping uh, on, your, on an average order value, and then uh, put that as a threshold. And obviously pay some sensitivity to where it falls. So don't offer free shipping at $110. It's going to work much, much better at 99 for example. There are other breakpoints, you know, 49 is better than 50. Uh, you know, 149 is better than 150. All the sort of kind of it's things kind of like, you'd, you know, you'd expect. Uh, Pricing number tactics. Uh, absolutely. So that's one dimension. The second dimension is that, in fact, you tend to get an, an average order value increase from running minimum order free shipping uh, promotions. Um, that can be as much as 30% increase in your average order value where that threshold, you know, overall. And in many cases, that can actually pay for the cost of the promotion. Many brands, unfortunately, um, have difficulty getting this through the finance director. Um, mm. And really, until the shipping and handling costs are really factored in as a marketing cost rather than something which is part of production, uh, you know, the production operations stuff of getting the product out, logistics, if you like, then it's mm. actually diff- then it's difficult to cross this bridge. But Okay, so really, so what you're saying is kind of, um, well, I'm not saying monkey with traditional accounting, but say, look, that's part of the offer, that's part of the discretion of marketing, that's an essentially a pricing thing, so that should be considered as part of the cost of goods sold and let us play with it there. 
It, it is absolutely, that's the way the customer looks at it. It's not necessarily the way that many brands look at it or the way that it's been uh, carved up in accounting terms. But that doesn't make sense necessarily. Okay. All right. Well, so then uh, what about this kind of this notion of a delta? Is like you're really close to free shipping. If they're less than X dollars away, hey, you're only $8 away from free shipping on your offer. Does that make sense? Do you, when do you want to remind them of that in the checkout or cart? Um, well, I think it's a great tactic to actually put it in the, on the cart summary page um, because that is one of the top abandonment pages. And therefore, if you can say you're only $8 away from free shipping at this point, that makes a whole ton of sense. You know, that's not going to trigger an abandonment. What that's going to do is that's potentially going to prevent an abandonment and drive the average order value up. Yeah, so, so if you have some maybe uh, upsells at the bottom of the cart, say you may also be interested in, and those things take you above the threshold, then that, that's, an, like you say, an opportunity to get higher average order value. Uh, absolutely, but obviously, like all these things, you've got to test them. And uh, you know, a lot of people are nervous about putting upsells into the, into the shopping cart itself. It tends to be higher up the funnel. Um, so it's one of those things you've got to test and see if it works for you. Okay, well, let's talk about that. So what are the, the pros and cons? So we're talking about the difference between, saying, putting up an, um, upsells in the form of accessories and warranties and things like that on the product detail page or cross-sells, you may consider this instead, um, versus putting it in the cart as just kind of one last bite at the apple before they check out. What are the, should you be using one or the other or both? Well, in fact, I think increasingly people are using uh, two different forms of recommendations on the product detail page. So they will have uh, both alternates uh, as well as complementary items. Mm -hmm. And uh, you quite often see that sort of typically down the right-hand side and sort of along the bottom. Um, right. But, but when you get into the cart itself, you probably shouldn't be showing alternates at that point. You should then only be showing accessories. So, for example, if you're buying a printer, then, um, you know, printer the cable ink and, and the, ink, and the yeah. cable, et cetera, make a whole ton of sense. Okay, so, so don't do cross-selling in the cart. You're making them second-guess the decision they've already made. Exactly. That's correct. Okay. All right. Well, so let's – so we've addressed kind of the, uh, the price issue. And, of course, you should – Try to be as competitive as you can on price. Uh, the timing issue, the not ready to buy issue. Uh, and I mean, what you guys do trying to recover abandoned carts, I mean, presumably your client's business model is what it is. Their pricing and margins are what they are. You're not going to be able to sway them on that. So how do we overcome timing objections? Or tell us about the types of timing objections that there are. Well, I think the, um, the, the timing objection obviously changes according to um, the order value. So the, the bigger the order value, the more likely it is that somebody's going to abandon. I mean, that's the first thing. That's just, it's, not, it's not exactly a straight line. It's a bit more complicated than that. But as a rule of thumb, it's fair to say that you know, higher order values are going to get abandoned more. People are going to take longer to, to consider them. Um, but it also shows that the effects of remarketing are greatest on higher order values and it's one of the one of the interesting things which is actually when you start remarketing you quite often find that the average order value is higher for um, orders that have been recovered than orders that went straight through and that's in part because the um, uh, you're more likely to abandon you know a higher order value because I want to take time to think about it so uh, the, the major job of remarketing really is to, I think of it as a sequence of gentle nudges. This is not a sales process. This is, in fact, a process of delivering great service. You know, if you think about 
why the customer might be concerned. They might be concerned because you're an unknown brand. They don't have an experience with you. They have uh, to they talk might... it over with their spouse. Uh, exactly. And they're still. They're still unsure, but they're still thinking about it. So if they're still thinking about it and they're still thinking that they could buy it and you chase them with an, a heavy, aggressive sales technique, then that can backfire. And that can give you a negative reaction where people go, oh, <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like, I don't like this company. I'm not going to buy from you. It's, uh, the, it's uh, the used car salesman in the polyester suit chasing you around the car lot. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a very visual image, Tim. Um, but... Um, so, so what we tend to recommend is something which is much more service. You know, was there a problem? Can we help? Um, you know, here are, here are other resources, you know, all those sorts of things. So um, really the, the way to craft a, um, a, re, uh, a remarketing campaign is it's got to be relevant to the individual, r- related to what they were just doing. It's got to um, deliver value. And the value, of course, is actually probably in the link back to the site. And people like those links. So if it's done well with the right tone, then people will keep these emails. They'll open them multiple times. And it can have a dramatic impact on revenues. I mean, we okay. see yeah, – go on. No, well, well, I think that um, – uh, yeah, that, so, so I think that you, you bring up an important thing when you're talking about the editorial tone and not being too pushy, uh, as I call it, not being a greedy marketer. You know, it's like, I, I want to focus on the bottom of the funnel and I want to squeeze it as hard as I can until the, the dollar signs come out. But, <laughs> but I also have a, another perspective on it, which is just communication. Like you say, if, if, if you know that with the higher ticket items that I'm, say, 10% uh, likely to buy it on one visit, that means you're really disqualifying yourself from a conversation with the other you know, 90% of folks. Uh, so it's it's to me it's more about the ability to continue to communicate with them as opposed to just hoping they'll come back and just kind of praying they'll come back, which isn't going to happen in most cases because as soon as they've left your site, they've forgotten about you, or well, the, or you're or you're or you're making it very hard for them to come back because they have to come back to your site, find that product again through your weird navigation or your categories instead of you being able to say, hey, come right back here and you stick them on the cart page and they're ready to check out again. So you're re- kind of resetting them into the same point in the process. Isn't that important as well? Well, it, ex- exactly. I think that's quite right. And one of the reasons that the shopping cart abandonment rate has gone up over the last few years, despite all the improvements we've made in e-commerce and checkout processes and usability and everything else, it's gone up because customers have got used to the fact that they can store items in their car. And it's a, it's a useful place to stick something so that I can find it again easily because there are so many choices on the web and so many different products um, that very often they'll put it there so they can find it again easily. So when you send them a link, back to their car, you just make their job easy. So it works well. Well, fantastic. We're going to pick this up after the break. And uh, when we come back, Charles, I want to explore a couple of things. You know, we were just talking uh, before the show, and you concern me. As I understand it, you have a high degree of obsessive compulsive disorder, and you also use your children as slave labor. So we'll, uh, (laughs) we'll come back to that after the break. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. 
Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. On the road. On the boat. Working out. Or up in the air. Now you can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on the go from anywhere. Look for WebmasterRadio.fm on TuneIn. Available for download on your iPhone, iPad, BlackBerry, Android, Palm, Samsung, and Windows Phone. As well as Google TV, Yahoo TV, and Roku. Tune in to WebmasterRadio.fm on the go from anywhere by downloading TuneIn right now. WebmasterRadio.fm. We really are everywhere. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of Internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com It's good to be king. WebmasterRadio.fm Keep your headphones handy and the feed loaded. We never stop. Do you? Welcome back to LPO, landing page optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, landing page optimization. Now, Charles, before the break, I alluded to some of your um, less savory, uh, let's say, personal characteristics. Now, I understand you guys have been working on a poor tear. Tell, tell us, poor American cousins, what that means. <laughs> um, it's a parter. Uh, parter. See, oh, I, you have slaughtered it. Yeah, yeah. I am a country pumpkin. Yes, I am. Uh, a parter is a traditional knot garden. So it's uh, these little miniature hedges that um, that form fantastic patterns. And um, I recently planted one with my kids. Six hundred odd miniature box plants. Um, absolutely back-breaking job, but um, but, but <laughs> that's spe- why you had them doing it, didn't you? Have them <laughs> planting them? Oh, you're a cruel one. I've I've discovered why they're out of fashion, and that is that pruning them is a nightmare because it, it kills your back a second time when you have to prune it twice a year. <laughs> well, you know they can they can put in this uh, this slave labor now or when you're in the uh, old folks' home. I think uh, they're not going to do it twice for you. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, sorry, I shouldn't say that stuff like that. But okay, well, so uh, you know, uh, so we were we were talking about uh, you know just kind of reinserting people into the process. But um, I mean, back to your notion of editorial tone, isn't there kind of a an emotional component to remarketing? Let's explore that a little bit. I think you're exactly right because one of the reasons that it works so well is it keeps the the emotion, the excitement of the potential purchase. Because we've got to remember that. You know, shopping for many people is is a pleasurable experience. In fact, it's it's, it's recreational in some ways, and uh, and the emotion of a potential purchase is at its highest point 
at the point when somebody leaves a website. And obviously, one of the effects that remarketing has is it can re-stimulate that emotion and keep that emotion fresh so that they then are envisaging themselves with the product. It's almost they can see themselves with the product, get them excited about having the product and all that stuff, you know, which is, uh, to some extent, it's, you know, it's back to sort of solution selling, but solution selling to consumers. Okay, so visualization. So especially if you have physical, tangible products and we're talking about e-commerce, does it make sense to actually not just have some kind of text-based email go out to them, but show them the item again in the email, a, graph, a visual of it? Uh, absolutely. And in fact, um, p- putting the item in is, is, is critical. Um, m- astonishingly, most, most uh, retailers don't do it, but putting the item in is really critical in getting the lift. And we very often um, get people to think about these emails, not so much from the point of view of trying to sell the product, but almost make the product the hero. You know, mm-hmm. The email is about selling this, the excitement and the, uh, of the product itself and getting people hooked it back into the, um, into the emotion of the potential purchase. So, for example, we recommend not putting prices in remarketing emails. Price hmm. is probably one of the reasons why they abandon. Don't remind them about the price. Remind them about all the excitement of the product, but not about the, you know, the negatives right. that go with it. Okay, so nice big visual hero shot. Yeah, I mean, because look, you're, you're already sending an automated email. It's database-driven. It's based on the session on, on your site and the fact that you know their email. Uh, you know exactly what was in the cart. You can show them the picture of it in the cart. You're already doing the site, so why can't you just transfer that into the email? So what I'm getting is go that extra mile and make sure that there's a picture of it, of the item, as well as well, the description in the email. Well, absolutely, and that does several things. I mean, it allows them to, first of all, that they believe that this is a one-to-one communication, and the more mm-hmm. that they believe that this is you know, one-to-one service rather than something generated by a robot, then... It's kind of a wow experience, right? It's like... Absolutely. The more more effective it is. And then secondly, around the product, obviously you can have links back to the product detail page, links to tech specs or other things, if that's relevant. So you're providing more value there, but it also gives an opportunity to put in review scores and things like that. So you sort of get some elements of social proof in there as well, which is actually, you know, more reassuring people that this is a, this is a great idea. Okay. And then that's a reason, all the more reason to have people leave reviews and comments on your site because it becomes this defensible, rich source of uh, supporting information that no one else has, right? Absolutely. And if you want to get really clever, then you can, you can in fact put a review specific to a particular product into the remarketing email. And that has been shown to um, increase uh, conversion quite significantly. Okay. So um, tell us about, you know, I know we talked about this last time, but if we could quickly review the timing of this kind of remarketing campaign, um, how many emails with, and, and when, just real quickly. Uh, well, to boil it down uh, very simply, um, the optimal timing is to send the first one immediately. Um, it won't surprise anybody that leads go cold, but it, they go cold very, very fast. Uh, if somebody's going to come back and buy, then on average, 72% will come back and buy within the first 12 hours. So you really have very limited time. So the quicker you get in there, the better. That keeps the emotion alive and gets them incented. Then we would typically recommend, and obviously you might want to test this, but uh, um, after your first one, maybe a second one at 
just under the 24-hour mark, and then a, a third one just under the seven-day mark. And that's a good starting point for most brands to get, to get off the ground with. And that allows you to address the timing objection because you're given a sequence of nudges you know, at the critical times. And uh, really, you want those to be sent at the time which is most relevant to the individual. So if they abandon at 6 p.m. in the evening on a Sunday night, then obviously you can nudge them again immediately in the next day. But when you come to do the seven-day nudge, then you want to make sure that that's, you know, again, going out just uh, before. Yeah, I, I, ideally catch them in the same context, basically. Uh, absolutely, because some people, you know, are going to do their online shopping on Sunday evenings. And that's just the nature. That's the way that we work as, as humans. Yeah, just have our habits. Well, good. Unfortunately, we're run out of, running out of time. I'd love to continue the conversation and have you come back again. For those of you that want a lot more detail on the timing, the mechanics of how this works, the, the messaging for the three emails that Charles just suggested, please listen to the previous podcast that, that he was on on this show. Um, Charles, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way? And are you guys going to be at any upcoming uh, conferences or trade shows? Um, well, there's a great one called Conversion Conference. Um, <laughs> we'll, be, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be at the next one in Florida, which um, is a really, really good conference, by the way. Really one of my favorites. Uh, we'll also be at shop.org, uh, which is in September, October time. September in, in, uh, in Denver, and I'll see you there as well. Yeah, that'd, that'd be great. And obviously, uh, you can find us at cy.com or me at, uh, on Twitter using the uh, web conversion hashtag, um, uh, sorry, uh, handle. Web conversion. That's Charles. Okay, terrific. And then um, since you mentioned conversion conference, again, we have three in the U.S. now and two in Europe, uh, England and Germany. The next U.S. show is October um, 9th and 10th in Fort Lauderdale area, just half an hour from Miami. And for our loyal landing page optimization podcast listeners, just use the promo code WMFM for $100 off registration. We still have the early bird going on. Uh, Charles, thanks again, uh, and uh, we'll see you in Fort Lauderdale. Very good. Thanks ever so much, Tim. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm.